right. So you're a music artist with plans to take over the world, huh? Yeah, duh. That's why I'm here. Well, you've come to the right place. Let's go. Welcome to the I Am Northbound podcast. Podcast. Your guide to dominating the new music industry. Hello, 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 hello. How you doing? And welcome to episode 17 of I Am Northbound. I mean, we're smashing through them now, aren't we? I mean, not really, because I've taken a lot of time off in between some episodes. And for that, I apologize. Look, two seconds in and I'm swinging and missing. Uh, so, how's your day been? Hopefully, it's been good. You know, if it hasn't been, I'm sorry to hear that, but hopefully it gets better. Uh, my day has been pretty crazy, actually. I mean, I just got back right now from uh, the post office again, uh, sending off a whole bunch of, you know, stack of books around the world. And uh, it's crazy. I mean, to think that a year ago or longer than a year ago, but whatever, when I first sat down to be like, I'm going to write a book to help music artists. It was like now, the vision of now that kept me focused on completing it because it's such a big task. I had no idea how like much work it really was to write a book, but obviously it's a lot of work. That's why authors work on their books for years. But here it is beside me. It's amazing to say that it's done. It's amazing to say that I'm sending it around the world. I get to send books today to England. I mean, a huge thank you to everyone in England. There have been so many books going to England. I mean, it's pretty much the most expensive place to ship to from Australia, but I don't care because I'm so happy to be sending it to England, right? I got to send a book to Finland, no, Iceland today. Crazy. That's one of those names where I had to check every single letter because... I just do not know that language and it's just, it's crazy to me. Um, but I'm sure that if so, you live in Iceland, English would look crazy, right? So it's all about perspective, but it's really, really cool. And I'm really glad to be here. Um, thank you so much to everyone who has uh, sent in positive um, feedback and not that there's not that there's been negative feedback that I'm not thanking people for, but everyone seemed to enjoy the segmented podcast rather than doing, you know, a massive big, long half an hour episode, doing smaller segments, dropping them through the week. I mean, I did not expect to get such a big response on Instagram TV. So I'm going to be uploading them all to Instagram TV again, because I mean, that's way more views than I normally get on videos, uh, you know, especially YouTube because I don't promote my YouTube at all. But anyway, I'm just like talking about, I'm just like uh, just telling you nothing at the moment. I'm just, you're just hearing the inner workings of my head. But anyway, great show planned today. Got to, uh, some cool things to discuss. I know I said that we talk more about the book, but I don't want it to just be like, uh, you think, oh, great. Now the book's out. All he's going to do is plug it every single episode. I don't need to plug it. All I need to say is that it is amazing. Everyone who's read it has, has um, you know, said some really great things about it. I realized as soon as I said that, I'm like, I don't need to plug it. But Here's me plugging it. But anyway, you're going to love it. Go get it at the 4 songwritercom Other than that, I'm not going to sit here and talk about it for 20 minutes um, like you may think that I might do, but I'm not going to do that. But there will be an episode in which I read out one of the chapters of the book and uh, we go through it like a bit of, uh, you know, like reading time. Like, in, you remember that? Was that just in Australia in primary school? We used to sit down and do reading time. I'll do that. And I'll read you a chapter of the book. You can hear what's in it and you can see uh, how good it's going to be for your music career. But today we've got too much stuff to uh, talk about. So let's not think about the book. Let's get rid of that. Let's get into it. Actually, I'll put that back up because, you know, I really want you to see that in the frame to remind you to go get your copy at the 4dsongwriter.com. So it's time for another article of people giving advice about the music industry. And uh, I'm going to go through it and tell you whether I think it aligns with uh, what I'm talking about and if I think that it's good advice or not. Now, obviously, I know that puts me in a position to be like, I'm the one who says whether this article is good advice or not. Uh, But I'm just letting you know my opinion on this and whether it's good advice or bad advice. 
I don't know why I paused on that. Like, I didn't know what the opposite of good was. So, this article comes from Forbes, and uh, they're talking about uh, the 10 things that they believe. Uh, they call it 10 lessons from the music industry on how to rise up in the gig economy. But they're more or less saying 10 things that you should know about the new industry and how you should go about, um, you know, how they could help you navigate your specific music journey. So, the first point they've got here is that authenticity is everything. Now, this is fantastic advice. I'll give this two thumbs up, actually. You know what? I'll give it a million thumbs up because it is absolutely excellent advice for any music artists trying to find their way through this new industry, okay? Authenticity sells. I've been saying this for forever and it is definitely what you should be doing. Now, they're saying specifically is that uh, gimmicky songs and novelty types of, uh, you know, those type of songs that, you know, are about nothing. Like, they've been, you know, one-hit wonders through the past. They're saying that you can't be gimmicky in this uh, day and age. Don't quite agree with that because there are a lot of gimmicks that are finding success. Like, just look at Old Town Road, how big that song is at the moment, still after it being out for ages, but that is essentially like a crossover gimmicky kind of thing. Don't mean to offend anyone by saying that, but it's not. I mean, maybe it's the first step in a new genre that goes on forever, but you know, it is kind of like a little bit novelty in the beginning. Um, you know, you can find success through novelty, but then it becomes really difficult to recontrol your career and, you know, navigate it after that novelty, if that makes sense. But regardless, authenticity sells, okay? The broader point here is that authenticity is what you should be looking for. So, be authentic in everything you create, okay? Be the real you. You live in the best time ever to connect with people through social media and show them authentic uh, content that's going to help them find uh, a point of connection with you as an artist. And that's what's going to bring them closer toward becoming a true fan. It's the same formula. I've said it a whole bunch before and I'm going to continue saying it. It's the same formula. Authenticity leads to connection. Connection and connection leads to true fans. Okay, so you need to be authentic. Point number two they've got here is to build out your portfolio. Okay, they're trying to say here that your uh, portfolio of work is your calling card and should be continuously refined. I'd say that's good advice. I'd say it's a great idea uh, to continually work on your portfolio. But then again, uh, unless you're contacting industry types, you don't really need, like, where do you show your portfolio? I guess that uh, the broader point there is to make sure that you only release music of high quality. And I agree with that. I really think that's good advice. Point number three is traditional education is a flatliner of competence. So, in the gig economy, you need to be responsible for identifying and learning the skills required to be better than anyone else at what you do. I agree with that. That's pretty good advice. You should definitely be focusing on um, bettering yourself and being better than anyone else. I mean, even the people that look like they don't care with their music do care. And that takes a lot of work to look like you don't care. You know what I mean? So, you've got to be putting work in every day um, to better yourself and become um you know, better than the next person. The funny thing is, though, is that a lot of music artists hear that advice and think that it means to only better themselves uh, through performance and original compositions and that type of thing, too. There is a lot more to being a music artist than just writing songs and performing them, okay? You need to be good at longevity. You need to be good at endurance. You need to be able to go on tour for three months and still sing on the final night as close to possible as what it sounded like on opening night, okay? You need to be able to make sure that your voice holds up, which is something that a lot of music artists don't even um, practice for or, uh, you know, try to improve at, okay? So, it's about endurance. It's also about um, your people skills, how you are at networking, how you are being punctual. You know, if, if a label tries to book you for a tour or something like that or even tries to sign you, they want to know that you're going to be there on time. So, it's all about, you know, working on your communication skills. What about the way you present yourself in interviews, how well-spoken are you? How, like how um, have you worked on your anecdotes and the stories that you can tell and the way you can communicate um, who you are as an artist in interviews? Like there are so many ways that you can improve yourself as a music artist. So more so than just writing songs and performing them, think about uh, how to improve yourself in all the different aspects of your music journey. 
Point number four here, they're saying to take a jazz approach, not a classical one. What a weird way of saying their actual point. But what they're saying is, is to learn how to improvise. Um, they mean that at a broader point, not just about music itself. So the saying is in like adapt to uh, change and be creative by um, removing the boundaries and that kind of thing. You know, I'll give that a thumbs up. I think that's good advice too. feels like they've, <laughs> feels like they're running out of ideas at point four. But anyway, point number five, give your customers what they are looking for. They're saying successful music artists use their instincts to know what their audiences want to hear and deliver the goods. Working in the gig economy requires the same savvy about what your clients want and bringing it to the table. See the world through your client's eyes. This is absolutely amazing advice for music artists when you consider it on a content level. Okay. So give your audience what they're looking for in content. Now, a lot of the times they're looking for that authenticity and connection. So you'll see it's a difficult thing to step out of your comfort zone, but once you do that and show your show your fan base and your audience who you are and what you stand for and what you're about. I mean, this is what we talk about a whole bunch in the four dimensional songwriter. As soon as you take that first step, you'll see the response that comes through and you'll be like, man, I need to do more of that. Number six here, they're saying the gig economy is about identifying, building on and adding to your transferable skills. So they're saying, what am I really good at and love doing that I can make money from without working for somebody else? So they're more or less just saying you should always be improving yourself. Now, do I think this is good advice? Yes. Do I think it's kind of bland advice? Absolutely. Number seven, they've got know your niche. Now, I completely agree with this. This is absolutely so important. I mean, I did a talk ages ago, did a little presentation where I talked about um, the people thinking that if this is the music pie, so to speak, that they think that they've got to somehow be as covering as much of that as possible. And that's not true. If this is all the genres, your specific genre might only be this big on a huge, big, like massive circle. Okay. Your genre might be this big down here. And inside that genre, there's like subgenres and you're like this much, that much of that genre. So it's going to show of all the people that like everything, you're not aiming at everyone. You're aiming at this specific little uh, target. And once you know that and understand that, you can start thinking about where to find them and like how you can go about getting your music to their ears. Cause these are the people that are going to like you, not I mean, all these other people might not stand as much of a chance, okay? The broader your genre is, the you know, the bigger circle you have, but the more targeted you are, you know, the easier it is to find fans, right? Because they're specific types of people with specific behavioral and psychological qualities. Now, getting a little deep into finding your specific fans, but the point is the same. You need to understand your niche. You need to know exactly that you're not trying to aim for everyone, aim at smaller, uh, more focused sections of the general population, and you will see much bigger results and much bigger returns on you uh, finding your fans. Number eight, embrace technology and use it to your client's advantage. Now, I mean, blah, 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 goes on for a while, then I'm not going to get into it. Obviously, you should be using technology. Good advice. Number nine, wear all the hats. Okay. And I agree with this. You need to be everything as a music artist in this day and age. People say all the time, oh, I need a team. I need a manager. I need a record label. They're just more people to potentially let you down. Don't mean to be pessimistic, but it's the truth. You can't sit around and put expectation on other people's shoulders when you could do that work yourself. They always say, if you want something done right, do it yourself. So do it as a music artist. If you want to contact people, if you want networking, if you want relationships, if you want connections, if you want collaborations, if you want gigs, if you want support slots, whatever you want. Okay. You can do it if you learn how to do it. Okay. So wear all the hats, figure out what you need to be and do it. This is absolutely fantastic advice. And it really isn't that hard once you get going to set up, especially in today's age, like a um, repeatable flow that only takes maybe an hour a day and you can get all of the jobs done that you need to get done within that hour. So I don't want to hear the story of, oh, but I work nine to five. I've got a full-time job. I don't have time for this. You could do it in bed on your phone at nighttime before you go to sleep. I don't want to hear the excuses of that. I don't have time to do it because we don't live uh, 20 years ago where the only way you could build a business was like locally at an actual storefront. Chances are you've got a mobile device or a laptop or something like that and it allows you to be connected 24 hours a day and you can do everything you want to do. No excuses. Great advice. 
And number 10, the final one they got here, they're saying, ask for advice. I totally agree with this too. If you're wearing all the hats, don't expect that you're going to get it right all the time. Look to other people that are doing it right and ask them for their opinion on how you're doing it and how you can improve it. Like with what I do, I have to wear all the hats. Like I had to learn how to do specific areas of marketing that weren't my strong point because I needed it done and I didn't I didn't have the budget to pay someone to do it for me. But now I've learned it. I'm so thankful that I did, right? And the best value I ever got was by asking questions from people who are really good at what they do. Getting advice from someone who's already figured it out saves so much time, okay? So focus on that. Ask others if you need assistance with it because they'll give you the right answers and you'll just shortcut straight to figuring it out. Fantastic advice. So that article was pretty good. I mean, I'll give them that. I think that uh, I think there was pretty good advice in that. Normally, I agree with about four out of 10 because there's normally points that are trying to swing you too much back to the old ways. But this article seems to have it figured out. Out of the 10 points, I think I have to give it Actually, a couple of the answers I gave millions of thumbs ups to. So I guess it's uh, about, you know, 3 million out of 10. But take those points, especially the ones with the millions of thumbs up, focus on them. And I can almost promise you that if you do it right, you will see big return. This article's talking about that the music industry is facing an industry killer that is on the way because of the way that um, funds are distributed throughout the music industry. Now, a lot of this isn't news. I feel like a lot of these articles are written for people who are outside of the music industry. This probably won't be news to you if I'm to say, believe it or not, Spotify doesn't pay that well. Streaming royalties aren't as much as selling an album. And you're like, what? How did I not know about this, Jason? Thank you so much for telling me. Obviously, the music industry is not what it used to be. People are finding it really hard to make an income in the music industry. Uh, But this article is saying that labels are winning at the moment and independent artists are not winning at the moment. Now, I completely disagree with that. I mean, labels are not winning. It's kind of like seagulls fighting over chips and you're like, well, I mean... Well, you know, the labels got more scrap chips than the other independent artists. There's not a lot to pick from at the moment, okay? But record labels are sure. I mean, of the scraps, the record labels are getting more scraps. You know, the music industry needs to find a new source of income so that uh, people can actually start earning again. So they're saying inside this article that uh, they're talking specifically about Australian artists here, but I guess that uh, the numbers they give will be at least kind of similar to around the world. It won't be like radically different, but they're saying here that only 8,000 Australians uh, make music as their primary source of income and the average musician earns only $7,200 each year. Now, obviously a lot of that would come from, you know, live gigging or it could be from covers gigs. I mean, they're pretty broad about what they consider to be monetary income in the music industry. I've said forever, like if a music artist wants the perfect job, Get into private music tuition. I've said this from the beginning. It is the absolute perfect job for music artists. It gives you all your time back. You only work a couple of hours of an afternoon. You get a crazy income. Forget $7,000. You can earn like over $100,000 a year as a private music tutor. It's got everything you need. You don't need to work a whole bunch. You earn a lot of money. You've got a lot of time in the day to be able to work on your original music. Obviously, being a private music tutor isn't your end game, but it will be the stepping stone that will allow you the income and the time to work toward your end game. Perfect. That's the reason why I uh, was able to buy my recording studio. It's the reason that I was able to tour all the time, get signed to a label and still work in the meantime and never have to think about getting fired because I was my own boss as a music shooter. The issue is that a lot of music artists think, well, I wouldn't know what to teach him. And you're like, well, that's easy to figure out. You teach them what you already know. And uh, they go, do I have to do any additional training like to, uh, you know, to become a shooter? Well, no, there's no like college course to become a private music shooter. But the biggest misconception that a lot of music artists have about private music tutoring is that they think that they're going to be teaching C chords to eight-year-olds. And that's not true. You don't have to teach children. I actually built a songwriting studio. I was working with people around my age or a bit younger, and I was teaching them how to uh, become songwriters themselves. Now, I've, I've trained people how to become shooters that have become death metal 
metal guitar instructors only and that's all they taught and you can teach whatever you want production if you want to teach electronic uh, production how to become like you know DJ stuff or even like beat making you can do whatever you want just teach people what you already know earn a fantastic income that's how you make money as a that's a side note on how you can make a full time income uh, in music you don't have to earn $7,000 a year trying to make $50 here and there playing live shows okay it's easy you've got all the answers in front of you but they're saying here that the music industry needs to flip the lower income earners need to earn more money or else the industry is going to become top heavy and smaller independent artists aren't going to be able to create the art that the world needs to hear meanwhile the big record labels are keeping the industry top heavy and only creating fabricated um, sterile sounding music that is cookie cutter and is what they believe is going to sell and they're creating music to be sold versus authentic music that is an art form now they're saying that like that's news the music industry has been like that for about 80 years okay they've always been trying to find ways to create music that will sell more and turn music into a product um you know there's obviously a huge divide between music artists that are writing music just to sell versus music artists that are writing music to make their listeners feel something but that's how it's always been and it'll probably will always be that way in the future even if independent artists can find an income stream to uh you know in, to bring back their income i'd can't ever really see the industry flipping completely and then the only music that people listen to is really emotive moving music written by um, artists with vision there are a lot of people in the general population that don't care what they listen to and just want to listen to music that the radio tells them to listen to okay and that's just music they can listen to in the background that makes them feel happy i could go into a huge breakdown of that and why that is but you know there's like two types of people in the world people who actively search for things uh, to that they like versus people who just want to be told what they like the general population is made up of a lot of people who just want to be told what to listen to and the labels and the radio stations tell them what to listen to okay it's that cycle but all independent artists have got to do yourself included is to find a way to build that community full of people that actually want to support real music and uh, make that popular and trendy again. And that's quite a big ask in today's industry. And there's an important point here at the end that they kind of just skimmed across because I don't think they realized the point they're actually making, but you should take it on board because it is a really interesting way of thinking about how to get your music heard, okay? They said here at the end that in other fun facts from the study, nine out of 10 Australians were found to listen to music every week with almost half of them tuning in while exercising. Isn't that interesting? That's just like a normal sentence that they use just to finish the article saying that, oh, by the way, people use it, uh, listen while exercising. But think about that. If you can find a way to get into your consumer's ears before they start exercising, chances are they might listen to your music. A lot of the times you might be messaging them or, you know, trying to get them to consider your music while they're at work when they can't. But if you know that a lot of people, almost half of them are tuning in at the gym or before they exercise, consider that when you're promoting your music and try to find times that people are more likely to exercise. So before work in the morning, afternoon, you know, nighttime, that's when you should be messaging people. If you know people are listening while they're exercising, that's the time where they're making that decision of what to listen to. That's where you want to be. So I asked a while ago for you guys to send in questions that you'd like me to answer on the podcast. And that's what I figured I'd be doing at this final segment. A lot of people wrote in and said they really enjoyed the story time that I put in last week's episode, but I don't want to do that every single week, okay? People said they want to hear more funny stories from the road. I'll do that every now and then. I got a whole bunch of them, but I'll save them for other episodes, okay? I don't want to do that every single week. But instead, I'm going to use this segment to answer any question that you guys submit. So if you have any questions that you'd like answered on the show, DM them to me on Instagram or on Twitter or send me an email, do whatever you can, get in contact with me and I'll make sure that it gets answered. So today's question is, is there a better option than social media to promote yourself in this day and age? The short answer, no. There's nothing better than social media. We've never had this type of connection available to us at our fingertips for free, okay? For real, the gift of social media is absolutely incredible and you should be using it every single day. However, 
I will say, I think that because social media is so good that a lot of music artists are neglecting the old methods that still work in today's day and age, specifically offline events. I think people get too distracted by the big communities, the big audiences, you know, the potential big crowds, the millions of people on social media to not fully understand how much momentum they could build locally in their own town by doing offline methods. Now, one of the biggest things that you could do to actually start generating a real hype about you as an artist is legitimately just networking with people, introducing yourself, talking to them, getting to know them, finding out who they are. Don't just talk about yourself. That's not how you do it. Go out and meet them after and hang out with them. Have a drink with them. Get to know them. Like Find out more about them than they know about you and they'll be there at the next show. They're going to feel like they know you. They're going to want to come and support you again. Nothing makes someone want to come back to a show more than feeling like their support actually mattered to you. Okay, So you definitely need to be networking, talking to people and uh, making them feel welcome at your performances. But local promotion is so much more than that. Everyone wants to support homegrown artists. So if you contact newspapers, if your target demographic read those specific newspapers, there's no point getting in a newspaper if the readers are not people that would want to support you, okay? Apart from just being able to say that you're in a newspaper article, you know? But if you can find a publication that is local and that is something that your target demographic will read, then get in that. I mean, it's do whatever you've got to do to get in that. Like make phone calls, send emails, do whatever you can, get them on the phone, go into their actual offices if you can and say, hey, what have I got to do to get a write-up in your in your publication? Like find ways to get through to people. If you want it badly enough, they'll eventually give it to you if you can uh, make sure that you've built the right foundational marketable product behind it. You know, you can't just go in there with no music or anything like that, but obviously that's a given. If you've built that marketable product, go and hunt down what you want and focus on building yourself in a specific area, okay? Where you're located, where you can actually physically go and meet people, where you can actually be involved. Too many music artists are trying to build the massive crowds by aiming everywhere at once. But if you focus on a specific area and build locally, you're going to see much bigger returns on the effort you're putting in. And especially after you consider that every bit of advertising or marketing that you do is ultimately trying to get to word of mouth. That's what all brands are trying to do. They're paying for billboards, Facebook ads, TV advertisements, radio commercials, in newspapers, in magazines, Google AdWords, or paying for people to manage their SEO to try to get in front of your eyes. So when you're with people that you think could benefit from their service, brand, or product, you'll recommend them. And then, you know, chances are, because they trust you, they'll actually follow through with making that purchase. So that's my theory. But I genuinely think that all marketing is to bring it back to word of mouth and uh, nothing moves word of mouth more than a local artist that is building hype in a local area. So if you're focusing on your hometown and uh, trying to grow yourself in that specific market, you're going to see much bigger results than people who are trying to shortcut to finding bigger audiences. I think a lot of people think that uh, advertising in their local hometown is kind of patronizing, like they're destined for bigger things. So why waste time trying to build uh, hype in a, such a small area when they could be worldwide famous? But that's just ego that is uh, clouding your decision. You should never underestimate the power of focusing your promotion at a specific town where you can do offline methods that are going to help you separate and stand out from the noise. The other day, my wife checked the mail and brought in uh, a pamphlet from a local artist who had put a flyer in my letterbox that said, go listen to my music. <laughs> Unfortunately, he was absolutely terrible. And I don't say that to be offensive. I actually spent a while trying to work out whether it was like a, a joke, like a meme, because he tried, it was almost like he tried so hard to make the videos look that terrible that it was a joke. I, I still don't even know because I couldn't find any more information out about him. But it was interesting at least because I would never have heard about that artist ever if it wasn't for him putting a flyer in my letterbox. Meanwhile, I open my Instagram and I get tons of DMs, tons of artists in my feed. I mean, I could just inundated with constant uh, music artists trying to get their music heard online. If he was there, he would be 
be lost among the many other artists that are all trying to fight for that same attention. But he managed to find a way to circumvent that by putting flyers inside of letterboxes. Now, it sounds strange and you wouldn't think that would work, but at least it got me looking him up and I'm sure other people did too. And something like that might work for you too. Now, obviously, flyers aren't going to be the solution for everybody. A lot of people just put them straight in the bin. But consider the broader point. If you're trying to focus your promotion at a specific demographic, geographical location, uh, that's where you're going to see more momentum building that is actually measurable and able to spread through word of mouth, which is something that can't happen if you're promoting yourself in a million different places around the world. Why not check out another video? You can do so by clicking right here. You'll find even more ways for your music to take over the world. But before you do, make sure you like this video, share it with your friends, hit the subscribe button and turn on the notification bell. That way you won't miss my next video.